What's up, everybody? Common Ground Football Podcast, episode number 35.1, maybe part one. I'm not sure. Brian McLaughlin, the Seahawks fan here, flying solo tonight because our boy uh, Andrew is in Washington, D.C. for a little work trip. And uh, we were going to try and make a phone call work, but uh, his schedule is so crazy over there, it sounds like that um, I got to do this by myself. So bear with me, but uh, we'll make it work and we'll have part two later in the week. We'll have Andrew come on and either it'll be via phone or we'll wait till he gets back into town and we'll do it that way. I think secretly he's just actually avoiding talking about the Cowboys and how the Seahawks kicked their butt. That's what I think. But uh, anyway, it's just me tonight. So for old time's sake, let's roll. Welcome to the Common Ground Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian McLaughlin and Andrew Guzman. I uh, I didn't have time to change the um, intro there. Andrew is not here, but Brian's here. Hooray! That's so exciting. Uh, again, Common Ground Football Podcast, episode 35.1. We'll go with point one. I like that better than part one. So, um, it's, it's what happened over the weekend. So much happened over the weekend. The Seahawks won. So there's that. The Cowboys lost. So there's that. And, uh, both of those things affect our show. So, um, for this episode, I'm going to try and keep it short and sweet. Don't want to take up too much of your time. Plus, once Andrew gets back later this week, um, we'll go nuts and have our normal fun banter. I'm sure he has plenty to say about um, his team and what he saw. And uh, God, I've been out of breath lately. I don't know if I'm getting sick or fat. Or what's happening, but good God, all I did was lean forward and hit a button. But, uh, Jesus, I, I got to believe I'm getting sick. So I hope not. But uh, it could happen. It could happen. So uh, I'm going to go over um, by myself. I got, uh, we'll go recap the Seahawks win. I am going to talk about Earl Thomas. I've been avoiding Earl Thomas, such the, the subject. But uh, I can't anymore, especially with this last week. And everything that went down from practice during the week to the game to after the game, um, there's some stuff that needs to be said. So we'll talk about it at least. Uh, I got some highlights I want to play because if it's just me here, then I have zero problem playing nothing but Steve Rabel highlights all episode. I don't tend to like to do that to um, when Andrew's here, and that's because I always feel bad. For some reason, um, the Cowboys, their website, they don't allow you to, they don't put their uh, their radio highlights on there. It doesn't make any sense. That's one of the things I love about the Seahawks website is they always put the radio highlights on there. So I've never quite, uh, never quite understood that. But uh, yeah, so maybe I'm just hyperventilating because I'm so like nervous to be doing this by myself, but uh who knows? I got to get used to this because I've got uh, 
other podcasts works in the you know planned and some of them are solo efforts so I, I guess I better get used to this and try and breathe so anyway um yeah so I, I'd say we jump right into it Seahawks won 24 13 Sunday at home home opener Dallas Cowboys always a great team to beat always a great team to beat there's not a lot of teams out there that I love to beat. Uh, New England Patriots, awesome. Green Bay Packers, awesome. Dallas Cowboys, always awesome. So uh, this was this was a good win, uh, of course, in my opinion. So uh, even with Andrew not here, I'm going to start it off like we're supposed to, which is with our awesome and our bummer for the week. So uh, I'll kick it off with my awesome. Awesome. My awesome from this last game is uh, it's a big moment for me to admit. I'm not admit something. It's it's just to change my opinion a little bit. Now, when I hand out this awesome award, it doesn't mean that my opinion has changed per se, or that I'm fully convinced that everything's going to be okay because I'm not. And sorry, my beard keeps rubbing up on the microphone. <laughs> um, but my awesome goes to none other than BS himself, Brian Schottenheimer. And you're probably all like, what? Why? He sucks. Well, you're right. He's uh, another incarnation of Daryl Bevel. But we got to give him credit. We bitched and bitched and bitched the first two games. They weren't running the ball enough. His play calling was weird. There was no rhythm to it. There was no offensive identity. Nothing was going right. Russell was getting pissed off and, and audibling at the line and changing all the plays all the time because he didn't even like what he was calling. But I got to tell you what, in the game that we watched on Sunday, he actually called, I would consider, a pretty damn decent game. Ran the ball, what, 38 times? Something like that. That's huge. So they kind of finally did what they said they were going to do and assert an identity of, hey, we are a run-first offense. We are going to pound the ball to then open up windows to throw the ball into. Russell didn't necessarily look great, but he had some great moments. And But by pounding that ball with Carson, a few runs by Penny, uh, I was impressed. So BS, this week only, he's going to get my, my awesome award. and That could change, but uh, congratulations to him. Maybe I should send him a message or something and tell him. Probably not because I'm not – Unless the offense is going nuts, if any of you well know me at all, you know I, I'm not an offensive coordinator person, but that's just because I've been stuck with Daryl Bevel for a few years. So anyway, BS, congratulations. You get the awesome. Don't let it go to your head. Well, with every awesome comes... Bummer. Yeah. Bummer this week. Penalties. It feels like uh, if a Pete Carroll coach team, no matter um, 
how well they're doing. They are just, they continue to be an undisciplined team when it comes to penalties. Pete Carroll makes a big deal and says, oh, you know, if we're going to fix that, we're going to fix that. And then in his press conferences, his post-game press conferences, he always says the same thing. Oh, well, we thought we had that fixed. I uh, can't believe it. What the hell? Uh, and and they, they don't have it fixed. There seems to be nothing but a giant problem with penalties still um, this season. I'm trying to get the team. There we go. Penalties. The Seattle Seahawks. 10 penalties for 67 yards. Ugh. I mean, and they were dumb penalties too. Just dumb. And they started right off the bat. So still something that I would love to see cleaned up. But in reality, I I am like... 90% sure we'll never see it cleaned up as long as Pete Carroll's a coach. And if they're winning, fine. But I would still like to see a little more discipline on, you know, both sides of the ball. I will tell you, though, what I have like enjoyed seeing. I mean, you'll have a Fetty will have a holding call here and there or whatever. You'll still have the stupid penalties. But without Michael Bennett on this team, do you notice how there aren't a ton of offside penalties. Now, there was one and one or two in this game, but I've noticed over the first three games, without Michael Bennett, there's a lot less. Because you remember, he would just line up like literally like already across, it feels like across line of scrimmage, he would line up like obvious you're offsides before they even snap the ball. But that's what he played, hoping that he wouldn't get caught. And he did all the time, so... Uh, I have noticed that, and I've quite enjoyed that. So that's nice. Okay. They tell you to stand up doing these podcasts by yourself. I probably should do that because I'm telling you what, I'm out of breath. Making me feel chubby. So so those are my... Uh, awesome. And then my... Bummer. And yes, I like my sound effects. Sue me. All right, so what else went down with the Seahawks in their 24-13 win against the Cowboys? Um, again, they ran the ball, wore out the defense. Um, Carson was uh, 32 carries for 102 yards. Second down and goal from the five. Russell takes a high snap, hands it off. Chris Carson pounds his way in. Touchdown, Seahawks. Carson from five yards out. And unless you built a wall right in front of him, and even that probably wasn't going to stop him, he pounds it in, and the Seahawks needed that one as they stretched their lead to 23-6. to If you think about it, I think they had uh, 30, let me see, where's my notes? 30, yeah, 38 carries in the first two games. So in this offense that they kept saying, oh, we're going to be run first, we're going to be run first. They weren't. They didn't do it the first two games, and, and we obviously we saw the results. Um defense was or offense was just crap so in this one 32 almost actually went over in one game what they got the first two so uh, Carson's yards per carry were only 3.2 yards but that stat is kind of misleading because even though he only got 3.2 per carry again he's running for 102 yards over and, and over a span of 32 carries so who gives a shit what his yards per carry were he did his job 
and they wore down that defense and then allowed Russell Wilson to have a um, a couple of, of really nice throws. It wasn't his best performance. He hasn't had a, a best performance yet this season. I've yet to see the true Russell Wilson that I would like to see, but his touchdown throws that he threw, that, that throw to lock it. Russell from the shotgun, Davis in the backfield. Slot far side, four-man rush. Russell steps up in the pocket, throws down the sideline pocket. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Seahawks. Russell Wilson on a strike to Tyler Lockett down the right sidelines. And Tyler tiptoes in, untouched. The Seahawks stretch their lead, a 52-yard touchdown strike. I mean, that throw couldn't have been any better put in exactly the right place and there's not many quarterbacks in the league that can make that throw so we're seeing spurts of it we're seeing some some bright spots and we're seeing like little glimpses of what we want to see from Russell um, but we're not necessarily seeing full Russell does that make sense (laughs) Uh, he was 16 for 26 192 yards two touchdowns no interceptions Um, and he was only sacked twice so that leads me to the next thing that was actually really good. Offensive line played so well. Um, he had Sweezy playing his first, I think it was his first start ever at left guard. Maybe not ever, maybe not ever, but it was this season at left guard. Joey Hunt was at center. Uh, Britt was hurt. He actually did really, really well. Uh, of course, Britt's going to go back to playing center. That's, that's his position. But uh, give Joey Hunt credit. He stepped in and next man up. Did really, really well. And that offensive line actually gave Russell some pockets to throw from, which was great to see. That touchdown to Lockett that I that we just played. Um, I saw a camera view from behind in on Twitter. And I mean, he had an entire pocket to just stand in and throw. And it was an amazing concept. So and you know whose name he didn't hear all in any of the post game anything. You didn't hear Fetty's name at all. So that right there tells you that they played well. Because when the offensive line seems to struggle, a Fetty struggles with it and is easily the the leading struggler, if that's a good term. I'm not sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that was great. So um, let's see here. Bright spots. Locke continues to look really well you remember him and russell a couple years ago um had great chemistry you had russell and doug and then you had russell and and tyler lockett and then the whole jimmy graham mess and all that crap and it seemed like they were trying to get the ball to him so much seemed to mess with that that chemistry that russell was trying to build with his main receivers um you can start to see that coming back and and lockett Laga had a great game, four receptions, 77 yards, one touchdown. That touchdown was nuts. It was great. Just tiptoed right into the end zone. It was beautiful. Um, You know what? I, I want to hear it again. Let, let's hear it one more time. Russell from the shotgun. Davis in the backfield. Slot far side. Four-man rush. Russell steps up in the pocket. Throws down the sideline pocket. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Seahawks. Russell Wilson. On a strike to Tyler Lockett down the right sidelines. And Tyler tiptoes in, untouched. The Seahawks stretch their lead. A 52-yard touchdown strike. Oh, 
I know that uh, every time we play those, uh, Andrew gets you know pissed off and tells Rabel to shut up. Well, too bad. Um, so I'm losing my mind here. So Lockett looked good. Um, Marshall, <laughs> Brandon Marshall, everyone wanted to kill him, uh, because he dropped, not only did he drop passes, but he dropped third down passes, passes that would have easily converted for first downs. He, he didn't have the best game. I mean, he ended up with only two receptions. They were big ones. So 30 yards, long one being 27. So, excuse me, he had one reception for 27 yards and then a little dinky three yard, but he had so many opportunities for that to be a big game for him. Seahawks could have probably scored way more points um, based on what the Cowboys defense was not doing. Uh, but God, I mean, Marshall, he struggled, which is weird because he actually, in the first two games, his he looked good. So I'm not sure what happened, what was going on with him, but it certainly wasn't his best performance, but I expect him to bounce back. I, I know he's going to be a key piece in the offense this year should they um, continue to move forward at this point and, and actually succeed, you're going to need him. Um, Doug is, even when Baldwin comes back, he, he's just not going to be the Doug Baldwin we know. that uh, He's just not. Um, he's got injuries on both knees. Like he, he's, he's just not going to be angry Doug. Although if you're watching the game on TV, you saw on the sideline, you saw – um, uh, you saw angry Doug yelling at some coach or somebody, uh, which was nice to see that he's he's on the sideline still feisty and even though he's not playing, so that was awesome. Uh, real quick, let me talk about the defense. They continue to what's the right word? Outperform expectations, exceed expectations. Um, if you, <clears throat> excuse me, we go back to training camp and we all assumed that based on what had happened in the off season and everybody going away and we don't know what's happening with Earl and all this type of, all that other stuff, Cam out, you know, just, we assumed that the, uh, the defense was actually going to be the weak point of this team, that the offense was going to be insane and the defense was going to be just good enough to, you know, hold whatever team they're playing you know, to less points than hopefully this Russell Wilson-led offense could score. However, the bright spot for this team so far has been the defense. Outperforming every expectation. Safety play, outstanding. Are we worried every game now whether Earl's going to play or not? We sure are. But when he's out there, the team of him and BMAC – I love that we call him BMAC because that's what I get called a lot because of my name. And so it's cool to have a, a Seahawks player named BMAC. So uh, McDougal, him and Earl, fantastic team. Are they Cam and Earl? Mm, no, but I'll tell you what, BMAC has a chance to be uh, – he it's hard to be as big and as, as scary as cam was, but damn, he, he's going to be a, a fantastic safety and he's already proven that he's already showing that he's 
doing so well out there. First and 10, Elliott goes left side. He breaks a tackle. He's got some running room down the far sideline. Stops and cuts back. Fumbles a football on the far side. The Seahawks say they have it. And they do. Zeke Elliott with a heck of a run. Tried to cut back. I didn't see who punched the ball out. It might have been Coleman. No, coming from behind. Knocking it out of course. Bradley McDougal still waiting to unpile on the far side. And now the official says the Seahawks have it. What do you have? He had five. Yeah, five tackles. Yeah. He he was he was great. Earl played weird, and we're gonna talk about that in a second, but um I I love that little tandem out there and, and Shaq Griffin. Um I think that we've found our Richard Sherman replacement. And I think the Seahawks knew that. And one of the other reasons why it was so easy to just let Sherman go, who, by the way, is kind of hurt now and is going to miss a few weeks down there in San Francisco. Uh, They're hurting down there with hashtag Jimmy Graps out for the season. And now Richard Sherman hurt all in the same game. So I'm not too sad about Richard being gone, especially since we can see that our um, Coleman did well out there. Um, Griffin is just, he's a stud. And, uh, even his brother, even Shaquem looked actually had, uh, God, he had a special teams tackle that was on point. I mean, he, he's, he's going to be a stud. I know they were worried about about after his first game, but I, I wouldn't worry too much at all. So, but the key thing on defense that I want to talk about real quick, key thing that, uh, is huge this year. If you, if you're asking me about like, opinion on on stuff i've talked about this before in previous episodes if you go back to 2012 2013 2014 those three really good years right 2012 we barely missed i mean we had those rookie year for russell i mean it could have gone to the super bowl easily 2013 come right back win it 2014 go back to the super bowl should have won it all three of those years the the big thing with them was takeaways interceptions not just fumbles but interceptions they had a defense that would put pressure on the quarterback force the quarterback into mistakes and absolutely create turnovers and pete carroll has always talked about it. it's a big thing for him he loves turnovers and there's a reason why this team is successful when they are creating turnovers when their turnover ratio is a positive number Big things, good things are happening for this team. Now, what's happened the last couple years? As the defense has been declining, they have not had as many turnovers. And they're not getting pressure on the quarterback and not creating them. And and lo and behold, they're not as successful. So this stat is absolutely insane because if you're thinking as you're watching these games that, man, seems to be a lot more interceptions this year. What's going on? Well, you're right. Last season... They had 12 interceptions the entire season. 12. That's it. Which is not at all up to what a Pete Carroll standard would be, in my assumption, if we were to ask him. I don't want to bother him right now. It's, you know, 1045 at night on Tuesday. Otherwise, I give him a call, you know, find out. This season, we're three games in. They have seven. Seven in three games. Three of those 
by Mr. Cranky Pants Earl Thomas. And he, I think he's had no, I think I read no more than five in a season at one point. Yeah, I think that's his max. So he's already got three. He's never had more than five. Seahawks had 12 all of last year. They got seven in the first three games this year. Again, shows you right there, this defense is so much better than we were going to give them credit when we started this season. They are actually the bright spot. They are the ones carrying this team. They actually keep me happy. <laughs> you know, I'm not sitting here completely freaked out because the offense isn't necessarily performing. But look, so I I was talking to a friend, the other another friend. I have many friends who are Cowboys fans. I don't know what's up with that. But yesterday I was talking to another one of my friends. And we were talking about, you know, Dak and, and the challenges there and and I brought up Zeke like, hey, well, you know, he, he had 127 yards. But then we both agreed. We're like, yeah, but if you look at those 127 yards, they were all pretty empty yards. And by empty, I mean like they didn't amount for anything. He had 16 carries, 127 yards. His longest run was 26 yards. And there were a couple of times where he, I mean, he, he definitely looked like Zeke, but they didn't get him anywhere. And play calling for them struggled again so and I know Andrew's going to complain about that I can I can sense it I can feel it I know he's going to have some words about Linehan but the defense even though they gave up 127 yards it's that bend and don't break thing that usually drives me crazy but in this game I was so impressed with what I saw and very, very happy with what I saw because you saw glimpses of what the offense can be. And so if they can get that together and the defense can just keep improving week after week, I mean, if they go down to Arizona and just put up a, I mean, a, a, well, what's the right word here? If they just go down there and absolutely dominate them on the, you know, as a defense, and that's going to, that's going to inject so much confidence into a, a defensive unit that's already playing at a pretty damn high level for who they are and how young they are. Um, I mean, you look at the you look at who's on the defense, veterans wise. Like you really you got Wagner who was out of his mind in this game against Dallas in his first game back from injury. You would have never known he was hurt. He's all over the field, fantastic. Um, when KJ gets back. There's another veteran presence, but you got Earl. I mean, that's pretty much what you got. Everybody else is either new to the Seahawks or new to football. So if I'm missing anyone, forgive me, but I'm pretty sure that's it. So you keep giving these guys, these guys keep getting better and better, like better performances every week. We should expect big things out of this defense. I'm loving that there's seven interceptions already in three games. It's one of my favorite plays in football, and it is what made this team so successful. So let's hope that number continues, and I was pumped to see it. So other than that, there's not a ton. I mean, I got the first win, so I'm happy. They should go down to Arizona and absolutely beat Arizona. Arizona's terrible. I mean, in this division, you've got the Rams on weight, you know, the top. 
and then the other three teams. Seahawks got to separate themselves from Arizona and San Francisco. San Francisco's in a world of hurt right now. Arizona looks terrible. Seahawks need to separate themselves. At least get to that number two spot. It's going to be really hard to beat the Rams. Even if, even if let's say they go, you know, they beat Arizona, they go two, so they're two and two. They still have a tough schedule. And if they're going to be going for playoffs this year, it's going to be a wild card because the Rams, I just don't see the Rams falling off enough where they, they could give up that, that top spot in the division. It's not going to happen. So, Got to go down and got to perform in Arizona. Got to beat them. You can't lose to Arizona. That would be a terrible loss. So, but all of a sudden you're two and two. And you're feeling really good about yourself because your offense looks better. Your defense continues to look pretty damn good. Um, that can change everything. And, and you can feel the fan base change just by one win because they finally saw what they were hoping to see with their team all season. So it was fun to watch Twitter. Um, after this game compared to after the last couple games. So um, I wanted to a couple things I'm going to ask Andrew about when he gets back. Um, really just one. I want to know what's up with Dak. So I know that Cowboys Nation out there, you guys are not happy. I don't know how many of you are listening to this, but I know you guys are not happy with his performance, but I don't know if that if you guys are blaming that on necessarily blaming that on Dak or if you're blaming that on the play calling. Um, but it's it's weird because I didn't get a chance to watch a ton of him last season, but I watched a ton of him his first season. And he is definitely not the same quarterback that since that first year. He's He regressed a little bit last year. And then, man, in this game, I just, he didn't look good. And to see him thrown around like a little rag doll, um, you got to be a little nervous if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan. I know you guys probably are. I don't know what you do. I, I'm not sure, but I definitely, that's one of those things where I'm like, oh, I wish Andrew was here because I want to talk to him so much about that. So when he gets back and we do part two or we do part two of the phone, however we end up doing it, that's going to be one of the things I'm going to ask him because I'm very curious as a Cowboys fan, like, what do you think the problem is? How do you feel about the Dak situation? Is it is it Dak Prescott or is it play calling or is it something else altogether? Um, hit us up on Twitter or on Facebook or on social media and uh, give us your opinion. Let us know what you think because um, I'd be curious. Um, in doing this podcast, do I still hate the Dallas Cowboys? You bet. But we found so much common ground. See you under there? Yeah. That uh, there's so much similarities to the teams actually and, and their progression and where they're going and what they're trying to do and just a couple of years apart. So I, I'm, I, I may hate the Cowboys, but I, uh, I'm still curious. Like I want to see players do well. This podcast will always be a lot more fun if both teams are doing well. So there's that. Um, Dak was 19 of 34 for 168 yards. One touchdown, and he threw two interceptions. Ugh. Yeah, just wasn't good. And I know that as, as I know, Andrew's got to be worried. I would assume he's worried. So uh, that's about it. All I want to go over with the uh, with the Seahawks. I'm not even going to talk about the Arizona game much, except I'll wait for Andrew to get back, and we'll go through both of our games. Um, Dallas plays. Who's Dallas playing? 
Dallas, 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 Dallas. At home versus Detroit. Got to win that game. Detroit, no good. Got to win that game. So, all right. Earl Thomas. What a week it was for Earl Thomas. Now, let's remember that I love Earl Thomas. I have been wanting them to extend him, give him an extension. You can't left, let the, one of the best safeties ever to play the game leave. But Earl, through the offseason, wants his extension, tells he was going to hold out. Training camp comes around. He holds out, wants to be traded or give him his extension. We get his side. We get the Seahawks side. The Seahawks stand their ground. I got to believe their their mentality was, hey, show up to camp and you'll get your extension. He didn't show up. Week one's about to start. He doesn't want to miss out on game checks. He shows up. He plays out of his mind. He's been great. This week comes around right before this game versus Dallas, and all of a sudden he's not practicing. And we're all like, what the hell? Pete Carroll doesn't have much to say about it. Just, well, he was not practicing today for personal reasons. Okay. He's on the sideline of practice in a visor. Just watching. So what's he doing? What's this personal reason? And then we all start, you know, because of all the drama, we all start freaking out going, okay, well, is he going to get traded? Is a trade happening like right now? As everyone's refreshing their, their Twitter feed, like keeping a you know keeping an eye out, like what's happening, what's going on. He doesn't get traded. Now we're like, okay, well, is he going to play? Then all of a sudden, the stories come out that he's going to incur significant fines from the Seahawks for not practicing. And we still don't have the full story, so we're still sitting here going, what the hell is happening? There's no way they're going to trade him to Dallas right before they play Dallas. That would be stupid. Are they going to hold him out of the game so that they can? finish a trade after the game and send him to Dallas, what are they going to do? Well, Earl plays. Earl has a great game. Earl has, you know, interception, two interceptions. That first one was nuts. A single setback. Prescott looks, throws a rifle. Ball is picked off. Earl is coming back the other way, 40. Turns up field, 35-30. Now cuts back to the middle of the field. Makes one man miss and is dropped at the 29-yard line now. They're going to say it's an incomplete pass. The ball was tipped away from the intended receiver. Flowers broke it up. Earl took it off his shoe tops, and the back judge says it was an incomplete pass, and it touched the ground. I don't think so. After review, the ruling on the field has been changed. The ball did not hit the ground. It is an interception. It will be Seattle's ball, first and ten. How he held on to that ball and didn't let it drop the ground, hit the ground, I have no idea. But aside from those, Earl played a little cautious. You notice that he wasn't going for hard contact. I don't want to say he wasn't playing hard because he he played as Earl Thomas. But it just seemed like you were, and maybe because you were looking for it, but to me, I just noticed that he didn't necessarily play as hard as we're used to, mainly from the contact side of things, right? So then post game comes and Earl goes off in post game about, um, you know, of course they're asking him like, okay, well, 
you know, what's going on. He was asked about practicing and basically he told, he said, if the Seahawks were invested in me, I'd be out there practicing. Um, just basically went off during his post game comments about how, you know, the Seahawks don't, they must not want to pay me. He, he talked about how he, th- he thought that might've been his last game as a, as a Seahawk. He was out there during pregame warmups and, you know, Dallas people were coming up to him and saying, Oh, you ready for the trade tomorrow? And it's, it's, it's unfortunate that it's come to a point where he feels like he has to basically assert his only power card, which is to not practice. And the Seahawks are like, well, we have to still try and hold our ground. So we're not going to, we're going to fine him. And it, it, I, I'm at a point where I'm like, and I've been at this point before where I'm like, I'll oh, just trade him. I'm done with this. But then I'm like, well, you can't trade him. He's Earl Thomas. And their defense is better with him out there. But here's the other problem. You can't at this point extend him either. It's too late. The damage has been done. You extend him and yeah, he gets happy because he gets his money, but he's not the same He's definitely the same player, but he's not the same like Earl Thomas invest Earl Thomas invested in the team. All his friends are gone. He's the only one left besides Bobby Wagner and, and KJ Wright. The Legion of Boom is broken up. It's just him. So even if you were to give him his money now, it doesn't mean that you're going to get the Earl Thomas that we all remember. He'll always go out there and play hard. That's Earl Thomas. But it's not the same Earl Thomas, if that makes any sense. So the Seahawks are once again in an interesting predicament, right? I I, I 100% would love it if they were to extend him. I was one of the ones on on Twitter shouting, you know, pay the man. But I, I, I don't think they're going to. And I think, like I said, it's too late to do that anyway. And the other problem that you run into now is... The longer you wait to trade him, the less teams are going to offer for him. And do you just, to prove a point, do you as a Seahawks say, no, we're not going to trade you. You're just going to play. Do you take that risk that he just every Sunday will go out there and play? Do you just, do you do that? I mean, that's what they've done so far. Um, but with the way Pete Carroll's being coy about it in his postgame comments and in his press conference today, um, or yeah, was it today? Or, yeah, or yesterday, whatever. Um, that you just got to wait and see. <laughs> wait and see what? Are you guys, is there a trade in the works and you just can't talk about it, which I get. I know you can't, but is, or is there an extension in the works and you don't want to talk about it? Or are you guys literally like, again, in a, a freaking staring contest? trying to figure out who's going to blink first because Earl blinked and showed up, right? He figured out a new way to have power by saying, I'm not practicing. So now are the Seahawks going to blink or is Earl going to blink? Because he literally said he's not practicing if he even has a headache. You know? <laughs> what? So apparently he makes his own rules now and the Hawks aren't going to put up with that crap. They're going to find the crap out of him. So I don't know what you do here besides... 
basically hope he plays every Sunday because you need him. And they do. They need him. So you, you, you make him play. And then at the end of the season, I guess you let him walk. Because if you aren't going to trade him and you aren't going to extend him, that's your only other option. He plays. You hope he doesn't get hurt. He hopes he doesn't get hurt. And then at the end of the year, you let him walk. Because I guarantee you this. End of the season, the last team he's going to sign with, if he gets to walk as a free agent, will be the Seattle Seahawks. He will not sign here. So, I mean, it, it's just a gamble. I, I don't know what you do. But I'm getting tired of it because now, again, the story every week is Earl Thomas, Earl Thomas, Earl Thomas. What's going on with Earl Thomas? I just want to concentrate on football, <laughs> right? I just want to concentrate on winning the games. But I get it. It's a big story. But, I mean, for crying out loud, um, his post-game comments, I think, irritated Pete Carroll a lot. And uh, this whole wait-and-see thing, though, that he keeps saying, I, I don't. I don't know what that means. I, I know my buddy Don West over there at uh, 560 KPQ here in Wenatchee on the Don West show that I'm on sometimes. Listen to him today, and he he said he he's a firm believer that the what, with what Pete said in his press conference, there has to be a trade that they're just trying to get the final pieces figured out on, and then he's gone. Um, I don't know. I I guess that could be. Um, I'd hate to see him leave. I. Again, they need him so much. So I'm not going to ramble on and on and on and on because I could literally keep going for days and days. So, um, all right. Wow, 41 minutes. See, that went by really, really fast. And it wasn't that bad. At least I hope so. So um, I'm going to do my game picks. I'm not going to cover any other NFL story except for to say real quick the – Roughing the passer penalty continues to suck. The NFL has to do something about that. The NFL has to do something about that. The um, <laughs> If you saw the video, hopefully you all have seen the video. If you, if you haven't, go online. I think I, I think I retweeted it. Find me at Wenatchee Seattle Sports Fan on Twitter. And uh, check out the video that fans made about uh, how you're supposed to tackle the quarterback now. And they, like, lay her down all nice with a pillow. And then they still throw a flag. There's some there's some pretty funny parody ones circulating around the internet right now with, with people having a lot of fun with the ridiculousness that is the roughing the passer penalty. So, But we'll cover um, any interesting NFL news stories. Obviously, there's injuries galore. ACL tears all over the place. ACL tears because of... The roughing the passer um, penalty, um, just I, I feel awful for hashtag Jimmy Graps. I feel awful for Dennis from Ohio. Sorry, buddy. I know uh, big things are supposed to happen this year with him, so I don't even know who you go get. Is Tom Savage your next quarterback? God, I hope not. Um, but, we'll yeah, so we'll go over the rest of it when, when Andrew gets back so we can have our, our nice little discussions. So, um, And then I'm going to – so I'll do my game picks real quick. Uh, I want to remind everybody about our, all of our social media channels, and then I'm going to close this out with um, something non-football, and I want you to bear with me and indulge me. like a, Let me talk about something other else in sports that's huge that isn't football because I'm a giant fan, 
And when sports can make you cry, like I was crying on Sunday, and not because the Seahawks beat the Cowboys, although I was damn happy with that. Uh, when sports can make you cry, like I was, I got to talk about them, you know? And even though this is a football podcast, like Andrew says all the time, it's our show. So because it's our show, I can talk about whatever I want. How about that? So, okay, game picks. Andrew kicked my ass last week. Um, he got 10 right. I got 8 right. I guess that's not an ass kicking, but he now leads me uh, 26 to 24. So I remember we're playing for that steak dinner. Um, and I already owe him one for our draft stuff. So I'm really hoping not to lose. So anyway, here are my game picks for week four. Uh, Thursday night game is Minnesota at the uh, LA Rams. The Rams are going to take that. How dare Minnesota lose to Buffalo? <laughs> I mean, they're going to lose two in a row because um, the Rams are going to kill them. Most complete team in the NFL. Rams maybe the best team in the NFL. Um, okay, on Sunday, Cincinnati's going to beat Atlanta. Tampa Bay, Fitzmagic is going to have a much better game than he just did, and they'll beat the Bears. Da Bears. Um, Dallas is going to bounce back. Dallas is actually going to beat the shit out of Detroit. So watch for that. It's going to be like a big game and everyone's going to be happy. Like, Oh, the play calling's fine. Dak is back. Yay. Um, even though Buffalo just beat Minnesota, they're going to go to green Bay and lose. How about that? Even with a, uh, limping, does he have robot legs yet? Aaron Rodgers, Aaron, I don't know. Uh, Eagles will beat Tennessee. Houston will lose to Indianapolis. Captain Andrew Luck will have a big game. Um, the Miami Dolphins are for real, folks. Ryan Tannehill, look out. Uh, New England sucks, and they're going to lose at home to Miami. Um, Jacksonville is going to bounce back after what a, a weird loss, and they're going to beat the Jets. Oakland will uh, <laughs> will uh, uh, ruin the party in Cleveland which I'm sure is still happening after their first win um, in a million and six games or whatever it was. Um, I expect Oakland to get their first win and make John Gruden look better at least. Um, New Orleans will beat the Giants in New York, New Jersey. Uh, poor San Francisco is going to lose to the Chargers. Pittsburgh will beat Baltimore. And then on Monday night, you got Kansas City at Denver. And I got to believe that Kansas City with Pat Mahomes, who is a stud. I can't. Andrew and I are going to talk about Pat Mahomes because we haven't seen much like it. Haven't seen much like it. He He's amazing. So they're going to win. Um, And then my Seattle pick. I skipped it for a reason because I want to do it last. They're going to run to Arizona. They're going to win in Arizona. They're going to win big. It's going to be like 38 to 10 huge win and they'll be back they'll be two and two hooray all right thank you so much for not just turning this off the second you heard i was solo if you did turn it off then you're not even listening to this part and who cares but if you stuck with me thank you i appreciate it um, I just wanted to real quick recap our social media channels because um, if you don't follow us on social media, please do. Um, we're everywhere. 
so you you know if you don't do facebook but you do instagram fine go follow us on instagram i just want everybody to stay you know we're, we're gonna really as the season goes on we're gonna start posting a lot more stuff and having more fun with our fan base and, and engaging and and that type of stuff so the little video i posted right before i recorded this again just trying to reach out and have fun it has been an amazing couple weeks we were um interviewed we were on the Podskier podcast shout out to those guys don and dean um and and we saw a a great jump in numbers and we've got some new listeners out there welcome hopefully we can keep you and uh you stay with us um so we've had the last couple weeks have been have been awesome and so we can't thank you all enough um but just a quick reminder twitter you can find us at common ground fbp andrew is at andrew guzman cgp i am at wenatchee seattle sports fan which is w-e-n-s-e-a sports fan uh find us on facebook facebook.com slash common ground football podcast we're on instagram at common ground fbp we do have a website uh common ground football podcast.com you can always listen to the podcast there if you like maybe your app dies or something happens if you need a backup check out our website so and then just another reminder we are available on almost every single podcast platform out there including spotify so and i know a lot of people love spotify so you can find us there so look for us everywhere please please if you're an apple itunes user um, apple podcast um, next time you're in there grabbing one this maybe this episode or whatever episode please give us a rating drop us a review we would love to get those numbers up um even if it's just one sentence please just get it in there and uh hook us up so yeah and hey real quick also andrew will probably hate me for doing this hate me but i don't care please uh, another great podcast out there for seahawk fans is the seahawkers podcast those guys are fantastic they have been always super helpful to me at the very beginning when i had a bunch of questions um super nice dudes and they like always very good about messaging me back and giving me advice and 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 they've been great and they had andrew on their podcast last week to talk about the dallas cowboys and if i want you all to go find it it's a seahawkers podcast you'll see it I don't even I don't know what number it is, what episode it is, but you'll 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 see it. Our man Andrew, our very own Andrew Guzman, killed it. He was a stud. And I just want to give him a shout out and say how damn proud I am. I've done radio before. I love doing radio. I wish I could get back into radio somehow. I plus the plan someday for sure. Andrew's just uh, a crazy football mind. Like he knows everything about football. And that's what makes our show so much fun is I'm just a giant fan and I know some things he's a giant fan and he knows all the details and he was fantastic on that podcast. It sounded like they were talking to somebody part of like the Dallas sports media group, like somebody in Dallas that covers the Cowboys because he, he had everything right off the top of his head. It was amazing. I was so damn proud and, um, it's an honor to do this show with him and uh wish he was here right now but it's more fun to do this when he's not here because he'd probably tell me to shut up so that's awesome 
Um, all right, so that's enough football talk for right now. I want to end this this episode. This went a lot longer than I thought it would. Um, talking about another sport because Sunday was a was weird. So I'm a giant golf fan. Always have been. Golf since I was six years old. Grandpa taught me how to golf. I did junior golf. Did all sorts of golf. Played through high school. Um, I played like four times this year, which is the first time in many years that I played. But I've always been a huge golf fan. And when I was coming up through golf at a young age, of course, Tiger Woods was, uh, he was the man. He was dominant. Golf was his, was his sport. He was the best. And he's had some personal problems. <laughs> and, but you know what? I'm one of those golf fans where I, uh, unlike my, uh, my dad, who I love. I love you, dad. Um, he's not a Tiger fan. And, but it, he's just one of those that doesn't, can't take the personal side of it and separate it. And that's okay. There's plenty of, of people out there that can't. I totally get it. I really do. I completely understand. I just, I separate them out. Uh, we all have, we all have things in our life that we probably regret doing. And I guarantee you watching him and listening to him, he knows he made a mis- many mistakes and screwed up. And all he's trying to do right now is show his kids who can now are old enough to understand it. He just wants to show them what it was like when he was winning, just wanted to win again. And Sunday we got to see it and we've been teased all season with him getting so close in the open championship. He had a lead. He had a lead and you thought it was going to happen. And ultimately it didn't. Um, all the tournaments after, I mean, it's just, he's come so close. He'll have a great day and then he'll have a crap day and then he'll come close in the final round, but it's never enough. Tiger goes out in the tour championship, which is the final playoff event. Literally had a chance, had the cards worked out correctly, had a chance to win the FedEx cup. Justin Rose won the FedEx cup, which is great. Awesome for him. But you know who won the golf tournament? Tiger freaking woods. And you know who cried like a baby when Tiger Woods, a little tap in on 18, raised his hands in the air, his fists in the air, finally did it? I did. I cried like a little baby. <laughs> and I'm not ashamed to admit it. Uh, I, I've always been a huge Tiger fan. And I've been rooting for his comeback. And there's something about him in that sport that just it gets to me. And just the, his comeback story and everything else. And for those that don't like Tiger Woods, I'm sorry. I get it. But uh, I, I'm I'm one of those where seeing him walk down 18 with the crowd behind him, um, it got to me. It killed me. I started tearing up, and it, it was I had I had the golf on my iPad, and then I had the Seahawks game on the flat screen, and that's how that's what my Sunday was like. Uh, football on the flat screen and then golf on the iPad. And I, I, it was, it was great. It was, it was amazing. And I know this is not a golf podcast. This is a football podcast, but, um, I'm telling you right now, nobody in sports, I don't care what sport you're in. I don't care who you are. Nobody in sports can captivate an audience, mesmerize an audience can do what Tiger Woods does in in his sport. It it's it's insane. 
the the crowd coming down 18 was unbelievable. And if you look at throughout the whole entire golf season, any event where he had a chance, how much the ratings were up. And it wasn't a, wasn't a surprise that this tour championship had the highest ratings. I don't think they were the highest ever, but they were high and kicked last year's ass, <laughs> right? So I just wanted to take a minute and recognize my man Tiger. Um, I'm so happy that he won again, and, it's, and we can finally declare him back. The Ryder Cup this week is going to be so much fun. Phil today said he's never seen Tiger swing as sweet as it is right now. So you know what? I'm going to call it. Here's my hot take for uh, for the day. I know I, we haven't given a lot of hot takes this year. So my I'm going to give a hot take, and it's not even football-related at all. So, But, but I got to do it because I'm so damn excited for Tiger Woods to finally be back. So are you ready? I paused for dramatic effect. Really, I'm just looking for my, there it is. All right, ready, here we go. Tiger Woods, next golf season. He will win a major. He might even win two majors. But next season will be known as the season of Tiger because he finally won one now. And he's just going to keep working on it. And next year he's going to come back. He's going to win the Masters. He might win the U.S. Open. He's going to win some tournaments, and they're going to be some majors. So that that's going to be my hot take for, for this episode. Ready? That's us. Feels good to have a hot take again. All right, thanks for letting me uh, talk about golf. I swear we'll never talk about it ever again until next year when Tiger wins those majors. So, All right. Ended up being almost an hour. How about that? Um, So thanks for listening. And uh, like I said, next, uh, whether it be later this week, we'll either get him on the phone or maybe – I don't know what day he gets back, but we'll, we'll, we're going to get Andrew in here and maybe it's Saturday or something. Anyway, we will get him in here because we got to get his opinion on the game. We got to talk about next week's games. I want to talk to him about Dak. Um, I want to get his picks. I want to talk to him about all the NFL stories that are out there because there's so many good ones. So we'll have, uh, we'll have two episodes this week. So that'll be cool. But, uh, thank you so much for staying with me and, and, uh, um, handling me go, going solo here with this. I had a lot of fun. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch you hopefully later this week. So thanks. And as always, uh, as my son would say, you cowboys. He says it more like you cowboys. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.